there's not a magic pill. You can't hire somebody to be, make you famous. People often come to me and they've spent tens of thousands of dollars and that's not helping you because you're not, you don't know enough to direct the process. And without you at the helm, they're just going to continue to sell you their time. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with literary agent Wendy Keller. In today's episode, you will learn how you can become a known expert so that you have a platform for your book. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Speak to me or one of our community members to learn more. You can schedule a quick conversation at smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. Now let's welcome Wendy Keller. Wendy is an award-winning former journalist, a respected literary agent, an author, speaker, and acclaimed book marketing consultant. Keller Media is a literary agency that helps authors become highly successful by advising on cutting-edge marketing strategies, advanced book promotion practices, and the best-known use of media, social media, and paid speaking. Wendy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me back. This is fabulous. Oh, it's so great to have you back. I can't believe that it's actually been five years since you were on Smashing the Plateau. Oh, my goodness. And look at what's happened in the world in the meantime. Let's not talk about it. Um, but on the <laughs> other hand, on the other hand... Um, Some of it's good. I was going to say, whenever there's something that happens that seems chaotic or distressing, often there are good things that are happening that counteract that. Always true. Yes. And speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about your industry. Oh, okay. Right? Book publishing, which has had its share of challenges and it's really going through... I'm not sure how far through a transformation it is, but certainly there's been a major transformation. And I'd love to hear your take on what's going on in, in book publishing, particularly for nonfiction books. Oh, sure. Well, thank you, David. That You know, nonfiction is all I handle as an agent. So that's all I really know and can speak to. But even in the five years since we were last together, you know, it's been really extraordinary to see the shifts in the industry, the conglomeratization has certainly been uh, part of what's been going on in publishing, you know, where large publishers buy up smaller ones and mergers like the Penguin Random House merger from a couple of years ago. You know, they used to be arch rivals and that was really good for authors when we had lots of competition for the books that were available. But now it's gone from maybe having 20 editors who might bid on a particular book to having four, five, or six maybe who can bid on a book. And the reality is that a lot of the highest paid professionals whom I had groomed and built relationships with for my entire career are no longer in the business. They've been farmed out. Now they're editors or they're learning to be agents, which usually doesn't work out so well because it's a different skill set or, you know, other things. A lot of them become book coaches and consultants, which is 
kind of unfortunate because they only know their one vein of content development, not to be disrespectful, but it's hard. So because of that, we've seen an influx of young people in the business, which, you know, is good from an energetic and content perspective and more awareness about, for instance, social media marketing. However, the downside of that, as best as I can tell, is that these are not people who have grown up in the business in many cases. They don't understand the ways of content development and author management. They're pretty much transactional. So there's a much higher turnover, which is important as an agent. There's a much higher turnover among these young people. They stay in the publishing industry for two or three or four years, and then they go somewhere else. So the old model of knowing the agent and then having the authors passed along to the former editorial assistant who's now an associate editor, who someday is an executive editor, who someday is a vice president, that's all gone. And that means a lot of things had to happen or have to happen for authors to distinguish themselves and become successful in the new business model. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about our conversation before we started recording this episode about how your business is referral driven. My business is referral driven, which means they're they're based on relationships. And if these relationships that you're used to building up over years don't exist anymore, right? What does that mean for the future? Well, I think it even puts more emphasis on the authors who show up with the right components. So authors used to get by, in the beginning of my career, 100,000 years ago, you could have a really great idea and some big dreams for yourself on how you were going to promote the book. And those big dreams might be, you know, I'm going to become a speaker or I'm going to become a coach as soon as, or I'm going to quit my job and start to really focus on promoting my book. You know, authors usually didn't know what they were biting off, but publishers didn't care because the content was good, the writing was good, and the author had the right credentials. At this point, even as late as an hour and a half ago, I got pushback from a book by a very famous person who's done a lot of media in his specific niche. He retired from an illustrious career, and now he's writing a leadership book. He has excellent credentials, but Because of the nature of his illustrious career, he was not doing a lot of paid speaking. He was doing a lot of speaking within his company, but he wasn't doing it in the world. And the editor from a major publishing house just called me and said, gosh, you know, my boss wants to see him doing more marketing, more speaking and more consulting. And then when we have that, we can take on this book. Luckily, he has some of that. So we're going to put it back together in a bigger way and represent it to this young editor who I've known for two years and see if she'll take it. And that's fantastic. But if she doesn't, then he has to either accept a smaller advance or he has to go back and wait until he has that critical platform. Like we talked about last time, he'll have to have a bigger platform and then we will represent the book, slightly different book, but we'll represent him in a year or so when he's built up to the levels that publishers are now expecting. The expectations from the authors are now higher than they've ever been. So Wendy, what does it take to be a successful business author today? If someone comes in as a coach or consultant and they've had 20 clients and they feel really positive because they've all gotten great outcomes, those clients better be household names in the United States to sell a book in the United States. And you better be able to use quotes by them. 
you know, Michelle Obama came to me and I gave her this. And then next week I, you know, Lady Gaga or whatever, you better have that kind of level of really successful clients. If you don't, then you need the other platform markers, which are a solid social media base, not necessarily the numbers, but the engagement. So you need to be putting out posts if you're writing a business book, particularly it needs to be on LinkedIn, not really any of the other social media platforms. It needs to be on LinkedIn and you need to have a list that's growing. I would expect you to have eight to 10,000 at a very minimum of followers and to be posting at least once a week, maybe twice, not other people's stuff, not quotes that you dug out of some old quote book, but instead things that you're saying that are related to the content of your book that are actually getting engagement. If there's 500 impressions, I want to see that 15 or 20% of those people are saying, I like this. I don't like this. Thank you for commenting, whatever. There needs to be conversation about you and your content. Also to that end, you should be doing workshops or seminars online or live. You should be teaching a masterclass. You should be teaching at the local college. You should be teaching at a major university. You should be doing something besides sitting in your office, talking to people one-on-one, no matter how good you are. One of the most famous coaches in America is very old. And she came to me a couple of years ago and said, I'm ready to release my methodology as a coach. And she, boy, I've taken coaching classes from her to help me guide authors and speakers who are trying to build a platform. And so I was all over the chance to help this woman. I am not at liberty to say her name, but everyone would know it, especially if I told you who her most famous clients are. And she said, she said, okay, so I'm ready. And I said, okay, but are these three world famous brand name clients going to promote your book in their networks? She said, I don't think I'd feel comfortable asking them. A lot of people don't know that I'm their coach. And I said, okay, so how big is your house mailing list? You know, you must after 40 years of being a world famous coach. She said, well, we just started it a few months ago. I've got 2000 names already. 2000 names means nothing to a publisher. Less than 5% of a house list will convert in most cases. There's all kinds of factors. Meanwhile, if a brand new coach or consultant or a brand new business person came to me and they said, I'm doing speeches, I'm getting paid this much. I did 20 engagements in the last year, virtual or live. I am, I've got this marketing plan. I've got this social media that's growing. I'm getting some media, real radio print. I've been on on Smashing the Plateau podcast, whatever it is, they're getting things that matter. Now I'm going to be interested because they understand what it takes to differentiate their voice from the 33 million people who have books now on Amazon. You got to stand up and be noticed. You got to have the courage. That's a really critically important step to get any chance of getting an agent, which is your only chance of getting a major publisher. We are the gatekeepers for the industry. Now, as an alternative, (laughs) as an alternative, since it's so hard to get a publisher to pay attention to you. Yes. That's why lots of people self-publish. Yeah. That's where I was going. And clearly it's not just about the quality of the content. There are many other factors, right? Right. Right. It's about a lot more than that. Right. Right. How important is it to actually have a published book rather than self-publishing? So that's a really great question. And I get asked it a lot. And my opinion and observation has changed. So when I started in this business, when I left, I was selling screenplays in the beginning. And then in 92, I decided to switch just selling books. And then eventually it became just nonfiction books, self-help business and science. Right. So I've learned a lot about nonfiction publishing in my career. And in the beginning, 
you know, it would have been easier to get a publisher than it was to, than it is now. So when someone decides to self-publish, these are the things they should be thinking about. Do I want this to be the only book I ever do? And I'm going to tell you why that's likely to be true in a moment. The other reason, the other thing is, is can I differentiate myself? So in the publishing industry, there's a group called R.R. Bowker. They keep the research statistics for the industry, publishing industry, and lots of other industries, but specifically for ours. R.R. Bowker reports that the average self-published book sells 117 copies total. My dog knows 120 people, right? So you're not going to sell, you're not going to sell a million copies. You're not going to be hugely successful. It's not going to change your life. People say, well, my book is my calling card. Your book is your calling card to the extent that you're actually getting people to look at it or read it. People don't find books organically. Belker also says that someone who has a book on one topic is likely to have seven or more books on that same topic, whether that's how to lose weight or how to fix your credit or how to be a better leader or how to start your you know mail order business at home. Whatever it is, people tend to buy a lot of books because they think that owning those books, whether they read them or not, will magically give them information. All it does is obviously give them access to information and something to dust. But the point is <laughs> that if they end up learning, they're more likely to buy the next book that comes out. Now, the problem is if you are a self-published author, normally you don't know much about cover and title dynamics. You probably have no way to market yourself. So if there are 33 million books on Amazon, give or take, which is true, how is the consumer going to find you? You will need more of a platform, more of a speaking background, more media, more social media, more money to hire a publicist if you self-publish and want to be successful than if you go with a publisher who can supersize whatever you're currently doing. Also, and this is the most important caveat, If you, oh, let's say completely break that 117 copies number. Again, publishing doesn't count how many you might sell back of room or as one-offs in your clinic or to your clients. They only care how many sell through traditional publishing venues like Amazon, which is 42% of the market or Barnes and Noble or whatever. And the format of the book doesn't matter. But if you end up selling let's say 2000 copies where through the trades, through the book industry, whereas, you know, the average is 117. So you sell 2000 copies. The publisher is going to type in your ISBN on their proprietary system called BookScan. And they're going to know that you only sold 2000 through the industry. And they're going to say, this person has proven that they don't know how to market a book that they don't really have a platform. They don't have any concept about what it takes to make a book successful. Why would we invest our money in a failure? Let's go over here and take a similar book because there's always a similar book that's virgin and we can teach the author from the ground up how to be successful and how to market themselves. So unless you have a massive platform, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people you're in front of on a regular basis, like 20 or more speaking engagements per year to at least 400, 500 people per audience, you should never self-publish. That's because you don't want to tie that albatross to your neck unless this is your life story, or this is the only book you're ever going to write, or this is a fictional version of something that happened to you and you're going to amalgamate it with the 10 steps to being happy or whatever kinds of weird things I see pretty often. So if you're, if you're going to write something that's meant to grow your business, then you have to be smart. If you decided to become a new dentist 
in town and you put out your sign on front of your office that said dentist and that was it, how many customers would be attracted to you, right? New dentists send those stupid flyers. They go to all kinds of effort. They make sure they get reviews and ratings. They do all these things to get attention. A book is a micro version of your business. You have to be smart about advertising it. And the way you advertise a book with a publisher is completely different than the way most people go about advertising a self-published book, imagining that if it's just listed on Amazon, it will be magical. Worst of all, people get involved with these ridiculous, dishonest, hybrid publishing houses where for just $15,000 or $25,000, we will make your book fabulous. No, they won't. We'll tell you secretly how wonderful it is. They say that to everyone. And then they'll publish your book and they will market it. No, they won't. So you end up spending this money feeling like a schmuck because now no agent will touch you on that or next book and you haven't sold very many copies and they lied to you. Boo-hoo, you've been warned. Sorry. So if you're a consultant coach or someone selling your expertise, should you even write a book to start with? Absolutely. If you want to grow your practice, about half my clients are coaches and consultants. Okay. Absolutely. But you have to start by saying, Am I willing to use this as a product that will grow my business? Just like a box of business cards in your desk isn't going to get you any business. You have to make sure that you have a plan and the book is part of the plan for growing your practice. Then I can sell it. Then any agent can sell it once you hit certain markers, depending on what you want from the publisher and what kind of publisher you're looking for and what subgenre your book is in sales, management, marketing, finance, entrepreneurship, whatever. There's a different strategy for each of those kinds of books. You need to think about the book as a leveraging tool, as opposed to the ultimate destination that's going to suddenly magically make you successful overnight. That will not happen. The reality is there's nothing that's going to magically make you a success overnight. (laughs) Being an entrepreneur is hard work. It is every single day. And a lot of people don't want to recognize that. Every single day. Every single day. This is my sixth company. I've had the agency for 32 years now. It is my sixth business. I started the first one when I was 16 and the first five failed. There you go. There you go. So I I definitely, let me say this, please, David. I think it's really important to consider a book. If you are willing to be in front of the camera, in front of the audience, and to have a big vision for yourself, if your vision is to be, you know, instead of charging 300 bucks an hour, whatever you're charging as a consultant. If you're looking to charge, I have a client right now, she charges 750 an hour prepaid in a three month package. And you pay that or you don't play with her. You don't even get on the phone with her and you get screened before you get there. I'm selling her book. She's got a massive platform. If you spend your time in the right ways, this is part of what I do as a consultant. I take people through that process of parsing it out based on their personality so they can start attracting some revenue streams that represent a large and growing platform. And then we present them to a publisher and we get a yes every time, as opposed to people who are like, oh, you know, people say to me, well, I've got, you know, I got 4,000 followers on my personal Facebook page. That's not going to be buyers for your book. You need to think about this like a business. Think about how excited you can make people for your content and how special you can show, how you can show it to them in a way that will sell to them. So for someone who's coming out of corporate and starting their own consulting or coaching business, if they want to be the kind of person you've just described, right, where they have a big vision for themselves, they have a big vision for their business, and they really want to make it work. What are some tips that you can offer? 
Well, the first thing is to, is to be authentic and be in alignment with who you really are. I mean, some people have a face made for radio, you know, and, you know, and sometimes people really hate marketing and they, they want to just pay $4,000 a month to have some kid do social media for them that never actually works ever. I've never seen that work in my entire life, but well, here's the first thing on our website, kellermedia.com. You can go to kellermedia.com slash biz, B-I-Z, quiz, Q-U-I-Z. So kellermedia.com slash biz quiz and take a little test that will tell you, you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. It will tell you what kind of a self-promoter you are. So if you go there and take that test, you might find out that you are likely to be really good, for instance, at speaking, which is one of the holy grails that publishers look for. So if you're good at speaking, does that mean that tomorrow you're going to be competing with, I don't know, Gary Vee and and Jack Canfield just because you speak fluent English? No, you have to start. It's a process. There's a I own a speakers bureau. We book speakers all the time who are just getting started and teach them how to make themselves make an impression. But if you go out and do a few free speeches on the topic of your consulting breakthrough process, then you find out if you like it. And if you're smart, you're listening to the audience. And if you're listening to the audience, you'll get invited back because you're growing each time you speak as opposed to shoving the same thing down everyone's throat. And if you really enjoy it and you can engage with an audience, you'll see your practice is growing. You'll see that your invitations to speak are growing. And right around the time you get over $1,500 fairly consistently, that's a time to hire someone like me as a coach or go after, go to a comedy, go get comedy club training to learn how to do comedy, stand up comedy, or take an acting coach or get a voice coach or whatever. So you can start to become better and better as a speaker. A publisher is going to look for you to do about 20 engagements per year for 5,000 or more dollars to large audiences. And that's kind of the first baby step. If you're somebody who really doesn't want to be out in front of audiences and you have that fear of public speaking, maybe this Biz quiz will show you that you can do it in writing. Start writing articles that get published in digital or print in the industries that you want to target. This is going to help you become an expert, a known expert. Then you can use those tear sheets to get more articles and then did or hyperlinks, whatever it is. And then you can use that to start to build your platform. And that will show a publisher you got yourself organized or it will give you permission to self-publish once you get to a certain velocity. I think that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. I hope that's practical for your listeners because there's not a magic pill. You can't hire somebody to be, make you famous. People often come to me and they've spent t- tens of thousands of dollars and it's like you, and that's not helping you because you're not, you don't know enough to direct the process. And without you at the helm, they're just going to continue to sell you their time. Please don't do that. Yes, well said. I want to shift gears and talk sure. a little a little bit about community. And I wondered if you can talk a little bit about your own experiences being part of communities. So I was in 1995, I was a speaker with Dennis Waitley and a guy named Trevor. I'll leave his last name off. A guy named Trevor. We were the three speakers at some gigantic thing. There were many thousands of participants there. It was one of the, it was either an MLM or a franchise. I can picture the building, but I don't remember what it was. Maybe Dennis would know. Anyway, but I was one of the speakers. And when it was over, the guy named Trevor said to me, hey, you know, you're going back to LA. We were in Irvine. He said, you're going, which is in 
further south than Los Angeles, for those of you who don't know. And uh, he said, look, could you just drop me off? I'm going to this thing called the National Speakers Association. And I said, oh, I've heard of the National Speakers Association. I represent one of their past presidents named Tom Winninger. He goes, really, you do? I was like, yeah, he's a nice guy. I just sold his book. It just came out. Yeah, he's a he's a president. So maybe I'll pop in and see if he's there, thinking there might be 20 or 40 people at this National Speakers Association. So Trevor and I get there and we walk in and my client, Tom Winninger, is on stage in front of 3,000 people, two gigantic IMAGs. At the end of his presentation, he gets a standing ovation. I walk up to him and I said, oh my God, this is a huge organization. He goes, yeah, and it's international and they're all speakers. And, you know, the skies opened and the angels started singing. And I went literally, instead of going home, I went out to Nordstrom and bought myself a couple of suits because I only had the one I'd been speaking in. I went to the drugstore and bought toothbrushes and makeup and, you know, and all this other stuff and came back. And I stayed there for that entire, I signed up that day, came to that entire conference. Now I represent hundreds of speakers over my career. I've launched the career. This is meaningful to me. I've launched the career of dozens and dozens and dozens of speakers who I've been able to train and grow. And I own a bureau and it's netted quite a lot of money over the years. And, and in this process, what I've come to see is that this is a positive group of people in the National Speakers Association who help each other and care about each other and are providing solid information. And they've been helpful and kind and supportive of me and they've referred their friends. And there's been no more valuable thing than to learn with and from these people. I've presented at their events on publishing dozens of times, but I've also learned so much and I use it to teach my authors. The value of that community is such that when my house in Malibu burned down in 2007 in one of the endless Malibu wildfires, the National Speakers Association sent me a large check just because of the contribution I had given to them of my time and energy and that they had given to me and so on. They gave me a check for no reason other than that they cared about me. And that was really deeply emotional. I, I, I was so touched by that. And some of those members of that community are still close personal friends. There's nothing more valuable than community if you are willing to give and take in a fair amount and, and to give fully and with an open heart and to share what you can. There is never, there's never lack if you're willing to share openly and a hundred percent. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. What's your definition of community? A group of people working toward a goal whatever that goal may be. I went to a charity event last week for cystic fibrosis because my best friend is on their board and the tickets were hugely expensive. I don't personally have any skin in the game on cystic fibrosis, thank God. But you know, to see the emotion and the passion and the desire that those people have was heartwarming. And I didn't even mean to, and I've gotten four leads from it. I didn't, I didn't even go there with business cards. So who knows if they'll turn into published authors, but you know, that was very kind. Yeah. Wendy, before we close out, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share? I think the only thing I'd like to add is that if you have a dream of being a published author for any reason to impress your mom and prove to your brothers and sisters that you're the smart one or whatever it is, or make money and grow your business, you need to do it. But why not do it right from the first get go? It is such a straight and narrow path straighter and narrower than it used to be. It's not up for invention. It's not a matter of sitting down and writing 60,000 words. You should never, ever write a book until you have a check in, cleared in your bank account from a publisher. That's all I got to say. 
Sounds great. Wendy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed, I know you mentioned your website before for that, um, for the quiz, but where's the best place to go to get more information or to get in touch with you? Kellermedia.com should answer every question. There's a FAQ, there's a submission guidelines, there's a portal to enter your proposal if you'd like my team and I to consider it. That's the best place to go. Keller is K-E-L-L-E-R media.com. My guest today has been literary agent, Wendy Keller. Thank you, Wendy, for joining us. Thank you, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Wendy Keller, we learned how you can become a known expert so that you have a platform for your book. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands. Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.